0: Welcome to the Own Your Choices, Own Your Life podcast. I am Marcia Van Weinsberg. I am a speaker, a coach, and a published author of the best-selling book, When She Stopped Asking Why. On this podcast, we will share tips, tools, and strategies used by our speakers to break through and overcome the challenges in their lives. I am on a mission to educate, empower, and inspire you to see that when you own your choices, you truly own your life. Let's dive right in. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Own Your Choices, Own Your Life. And today we are chatting with Kareen Chambersani, and she is the CEO and founder, co-founder of Diva International Incorporated. This is a great conversation and an incredible businesswoman who speaks very highly and talks so much about her mom during this episode, as well as all of the things that she had to grow through in order to grow into this huge company. So this company, Diva International, I did not realize was founded in Kitchener, which is just literally where I am as well. And since 2001, Diva has been challenging the period status quo. So along with her mother and co-founder, Francine Chambers, have become disruptors in the menstrual care industry, passionately following their dream to create a healthy and effective alternative to disposables. As an operation that started in the Chambers' basement, Karine and Francine have grown Diva from a staff of two to a team of more than 40 people and is still growing. Their product, Diva Cup, is easy to use, cost effective, eco friendly, and the number one selling product in its category on Amazon. Corrine is excited to take Diva as the leader in menstrual care into the future by continuing to use business as a force for good for customers, the community, and the planet. We really dive into her story, their story, their company, what they have done, where they are going, and how they give back and what they do with their business. And I am so honored to be able to give this platform to Diva Cup and to their business and what they are doing. And I just, I know you are going to love this episode So dive in and listen to, as she shares this story, what came from an idea from her mom many years ago into the global business that it is now. Hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of Own Your Choices, Own Your Life. And today we are connecting with Kareen from the co-founder and CEO of Diva International. And this is a really interesting, I'm looking forward to this conversation because this is just connecting with somebody from a business perspective, from a female, and understanding some of the hurdles and the things that she has and her family had to go through in order to grow this business. So welcome to the show today.
1: Thanks, Marsha.
0: You're welcome. We just realized that, well, we didn't just realize, but we are both from Kitchener-Waterloo, which is really a small world. So this is awesome because I've interviewed people from all over the place. So I love that it's local. Love it. So we're going to start with asking you a few questions, if that's all right, so people can get to know who you are. Absolutely. So I just told everyone you're from Kitchener, Waterloo. Are you
1: from here originally and have always yeah. been from here? Oh, awesome. Yeah, I actually grew up in Waterloo mm-hmm. and I moved away to, to Toronto for all my co-op jobs when I was in university. I went also to school in Waterloo at Wilfrid Laurier University. Oh wow! And so when I was on my co-op jobs, I was living in Toronto and I just, uh, once we started the company, we ended up here and it's just such a fabulous community and it's growing so much and it's just like a really cool tech hub. And I think it's kind of the place to be. So I'm pretty, pretty excited to be part of uh, the Kitchener-Waterloo community.
0: It is growing very fast. It is changing very fast. And for any of you who are not from the Kitchener-Waterloo area, we are all adjusting to a new ion system, a new train system that we have. And the whole city is just, it's just a change, right? Because it's everything, intersections are different. Everything is different. So it's, it's, yeah. it's, yeah, watching that finally come to see, because when you build something like this, it takes what, it's been five years, six years, I think that they've been building.
1: I know there's uh, definitely a lot of accidents and and new things with it, but um, I think it's just a sign of, of change and growth and, and, you know, definitely more to come everywhere you look. There seems to be, to be a lot of construction and, and new buildings and there's a beautiful Google building here now in town. Oh, it is beautiful. Yeah, it's it's pretty, it's pretty cool. It is beautiful. So are you a reader? I do read.
0: Yes. Okay, would you be able to share with us a book that has been impactful for you in some way, shape, or form? Um,
1: I have, uh, I just organized my bookshelf mm-hmm. and it's, and ordered some new shelves because I have so many books. <laughs> but um, do you know what? A couple of years ago, I started getting really into the Tony Robbins books.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I know some people think, uh, they have their opinions about him but his work has really impacted my life and even my mom like was following him years and years ago mm-hmm. and i did a bunch of the live events and it's just been really you know his books like awaken the giant within mm-hmm. is a huge um, just understanding the psychology and i think everything is really what i learned is uh, the mindset and how you think affects everything you do. And I was kind of hitting a wall and I think we'll probably get into some of that a little bit later, but um, just with the growth that we've had in the company Mm -hmm. and, and what I realized is that I needed to learn how to believe in myself. I believe in everybody and I have got an incredible team and all this great stuff is happening, but I was really struggling internally with um, actually believing in myself that I could do this and I deserve to be where I am. Thank you so So much for sharing
0: that. We will circle back to that because I think that's a really key point. And I mean, I've loved Tony's Tony Robbins work for a long time. And I know even during some really difficult times in my life, he was the one that I learned the most about how to change my state, like how to change Mm -hmm. in the moment, how to change my state. And when you can do that and change your thinking, you can change everything. I'm actually are you going to see him in Toronto at the end
1: of october? we um I'm not at this time, but I literally probably did about ten events in a row. Oh, wow, over the last two years. so we've you've you know, seen I've lots time of Tony. With him i've I've met Tony um, so you awesome. know, I've been kind of submerged in in the culture and around people who are really practicing. Mm-hmm. Yes, And it's, it's really had a big, huge impact on my whole family. So I'm I love really that. excited about that.
0: Love that. Thank you for sharing that. Do you happen to have a favorite quote?
1: Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my quotes, I mean, I, he has so many, but one of them, you mean from Tony Robbins? It, did, it whatever, oh, whatever it quote, yep, it can be
0: anything. Yep.
1: Well, okay, since we're talking about Tony Robbins <laughs> as well. Yeah. Since he has a lot of quotes, but um, the whole like where focus goes, energy flows. Yeah. And it's so simple, but really, when you focus on negativity in life and you focus on, you know, bad things happening, and there's always stuff happening all the time, it's life,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, it really impacts what comes after that and what you attract. And, and it just, I've seen it in practice in my own life that Mm -hmm. when I've kind of oh woe with me and focused on the negative, it's like a, a storm of more stuff that happens. And when you just put your energy and focus on the positives and always try to see those positives,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: it really impacts your everyday life. And it, I feel like the amount of incidences actually reduces and when they come, it's just not such a, such a big storm.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: That's such a good point. I mean, it's, it's so powerful, right? Where that energy goes and what you choose to focus on. And I find sometimes I'm very much a realist and I'll say that to people that like, like bad things happen to good people all the time, all the time, you know, no one's immune. It's what we choose to do with it and how we choose to look at it and how we choose to move forward with it but expecting that we're going to get through life without any difficulty is just not ever going to happen. It's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm
1: always, I'm, he teaches about, you know, asking better questions and one of the questions I ask myself all the time is what else can I learn from this? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, maybe if it's a, a problem you're having with somebody in your family or at work, like, actually asking maybe what did I do to maybe contribute to this and taking some ownership of that it's it's not always you're the victim and I think we get sucked into that very easily that that you know so and so did this to me and I've I've found a lot of a lot of um, comfort in and forgiveness and just shifting how I look at those things
0: yeah, I love that, and I mean, I, of course, I love the word ownership because it's the whole premise of this whole podcast. But ownership is just everything. When we start to at least own what our choices are and what role we play in things, and how, then we realize we actually do have some power to create change. Right? We can do that. Love that. So since he's been the buzz of the topic, I'm going My next question is who your mentor is. Like, who has been a mentor? It doesn't have to be is somebody you know, but is, I mean, obviously since you've been talking about him, but who is the, who is a mentor for you?
1: Well, I mean, from early on, um, both my parents actually have been my mentors. They're, they're incredible people and they're risk takers. And like, especially my mom's just always kind of been ahead of her time and constantly challenging the status quo and, and trying to trying to change like trying to create change yeah. um and just I don't know I I think the biggest thing in just working with her and once we started the business and maybe we can back up and kind of talk about how we, we started the business mm-hmm. but um definitely her mentorship and and allowing me to make mistakes and respecting my opinion and a lot of parents that uh like parent-child relationships that work together are not typically like that usually the parents are trying to control everything and like it wasn't like that with with her and I learned so much and about how I want to parent my children by you know just how how they supported me and and just their especially my mom just her fearlessness of
0: I cannot wait to dive into
1: that yeah not being afraid to fail and and take a risk So that certainly impacted my life. That's
0: awesome. I can't wait to dive into that more because I think that, um,
1: I think you
0: nailed it on the head. A lot of times as parents, we don't want kids to make mistakes. We don't want them to, you know, fall or which we all know we all learned when we do, when we do fall, that's when we learn. But I can't wait to hear because I know your mom was very instrumental in how this all started. So I can't, we'll dive right back in that very shortly. What last question, what lights you up? What is something that just lights you up and feeds you?
1: Um, I just think that besides when I hear someone loving our product and it's like totally changed my life and hearing that kind of stuff, absolutely that just, there's kind of nothing better than that for me. Mm -hmm. But I think what I've found lights me up more than anything now is is inspiring others with our story sharing that story and when i'm talking to to people and especially to women that are trying to start a business or you know they're they're going through challenges and just kind of hearing being able to share that story mm-hmm. and inspire them to do something and and take take that chance and go after their dream it that really really fills my cup
0: That's awesome.
1: Well, I'm so glad that you're here to share your story today
0: because this is the thing, right? We, I mean, the process and everything that we go through is there to light the way for someone else and to show someone else what is possible. So, tell us about your company, how it started. You really made a reference to your mom there. You can start wherever you want, and then we're just going to kind of break it down and talk about what you are as a company and what you have created and some of the hurdles you've had to go through to get there.
1: Sure. Well, the the thing with our company, we are a a company that makes a product called the Diva Cup, and Mm -hmm. it's a product used um, instead of tampons and pads for periods. And it has really disrupted the whole feminine menstrual care category. And it all started when my mom was a 13-year-old girl with all brothers and hated her period and hated the bulky products of the time and was just devastated that her freedom was taken away from that. Mm -hmm. And she thought there has to be a better way to do this. And she thought of this idea and kind of kept that mulling in her head, just it just was there. And one day when I was 14, she found out that the concept existed. And not only that it existed, but it had existed since the 1930s. Oh, seriously? Yeah. And she, <laughs> no was, idea. So, she was so upset that no one had brought this really to the world. It was super niche. Like it was really hard to find. And the early versions were made out of rubber. They kind of looked like these industrial kind of toilet plunger thing. It wasn't, it wasn't very appealing. <laughs> no, I'm sure. No, but I mean, she was just so excited and she's like, Oh my gosh, this is what I've been thinking of my whole life. I can't believe this exists. And then this started the journey. And I think this was in 91 mm-hmm. around then, 91, 92. And she began uh, promoting the concept, one of the earlier versions and did that for almost 10 years. And by that point went through I went through high school and university. And we decided when I graduated, you know, I think and we thought that this really needed to be modernized. Mm-hmm. And and we knew how much it changed our life and we wanted to really bring it to the world. And we had this big dream. And it seemed like it was gonna be really easy at the time, but we had this big dream that this product would be on every store shelf and it would be up there with tampons and pads and cups and, and people would have an option. Mm -hmm. And so we began that journey in 2001 and we launched our product, the Diva cup in
2: 2003.
0: And launched in 2003. Nice. Nice. So you've been in business now for 16 years. Yeah. And so what were some of those early hurdles like? You spoke about your mom and I love this fact, but is it like the fearlessness, the drive? And I mean, let's just say the fact that this idea had kind of tapped her as a kid to think of Mm -hmm. it. And I mean, obviously it was like, it was hers to do something with because it's pretty powerful to have that. I could say it probably, I hated my periods, but (laughs) I never, that thought never crossed my mind. So that's, that's just awesome. So what were some of the early hurdles? And obviously, like you said, you thought it'd be an easy transition to start. And we all know that nothing is easy in business. Mm -hmm. So what were some of the early hurdles that she had to go through or you had to go through in order to get this launched?
1: Well, I think our first biggest hurdle was that we actually had a really hard time getting the product made and no one wanted to work with us. And we, we kind of, it took us about a year to find someone to even be willing to work with us. And we learned quite early on that there was a lot of resistance to this category. And, and also us not being a medical company or, um, a known company, we were just kind of this mother daughter team and we're, yeah, we want to make this product. It was, we weren't really taken very seriously. And eventually we found our way and we we got the product made, which was a miracle. (laughs) And then we had to go through all the Health Canada approvals and FDA approvals, some medical device. So that was a a huge challenge. And we accomplished that. And then the next biggest challenge was getting the distribution. Mm -hmm. So our goal was to get it on shelf. And we learned very early on that that was easier said than done and it was it was kind of uh, a dream but it took 11 years to get our first national account and that was in 2014 we had still built up a multi-million dollar business but it was online and in natural products industry and in whole foods and even that even whole foods it took us five years to get all the whole foods regions across the u.s Like it was like pulling teeth and we would go into these meetings and I'll never forget about a year and a half. Then we went to our biggest trade show. We, we spent every dollar that we had to go to this trade show. I think it cost us about $20,000, which was a ton of money for us at the Mm -hmm. time. And we went to this trade show and we were like totally out of our, out of our league. And we we literally left with like no orders and it was just you know and we were like meeting with these buyers and they were like 60 year old gray-haired men (laughs) trying to tell them about the diva cup and how this was going to revolutionize women's period they're
0: probably not even taking any of that in right yeah it was just
1: kind of like these blank stares and and of course the topic itself there's so much taboo and stigma around the subject to begin with so it was really difficult um, to overcome that
0: isn't that such a part of it though like the taboo part of of the topic which is just like it's you're right like you're fighting that the 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 fact that nobody even wants to talk about it Let it and it's almost so ironic because it affects like half the population it's not like it's it's not like it's a five percent thing it affects so many people so it's it's just funny the stigma and the taboo of it and having to work through that and especially as you said with the distribution that you're working at in the early stages being a predominantly male males that you were working with so trying to convince that this is actually something that's necessary or needed so you ended up with um like more of the holistic type stores taking you on
1: first Mm -hmm. so we decided when we learned that that wasn't going to work um and we weren't we actually weren't ready for that for the mass market yet it's It was a blessing in disguise that we didn't get in because we wouldn't have even had the money to support it. Now, now knowing what I know now,
2: Mm
1: -hmm. um, would have really probably would have, would have ended our company. Um, so we started slow. Yeah, we started slow. We started, okay, what else can we do? So every time that there was kind of a door slammed in our face, we just said, okay, well, yeah, that sucked, but what's Mm -hmm. next? What else can we try? and we just didn't give up. And so we decided to go to the natural products industry. And that was, they were just a little more open to the mm-hmm. idea, especially mm-hmm. since it's an environmental product. It's, I was just gonna it's ask reusable. you that.
0: I was gonna ask you that, if that made it helped with the, um, with that line in the fact, because it is an environmental type product as well.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that definitely helped, although, we have learned that typically with this category in general, women will not switch because it's environmental. It's, it's very difficult. So it's a, it's an added bonus, but it's just such a difficult thing for most women to get their head around and to try something new. And there's, there's a lot of, a lot of issues around that for people. So, um, it helped for sure, but it wasn't it wasn't the reason that people were switching. At the end of the day, the main reason people were switching when they were taking a chance was the convenience factor and that it's comfortable and it, it provides 12 hours of leak-free protection, which is huge because typically with disposable tampons and pads, you're lucky if you get four, four to six hours. Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely very lucky. So this is interesting. So do you find that you get people who are, um, your product users or your supporters who this is just something they buy into right away? Or do you find that it's like, what's your, do you have an idea? What's your um, demographic look like? Is it certain age brackets? Is it certain?
1: Yeah. I mean, our primary age bracket is 18 to 34. Okay. Um, we a lot of our early customers were actually college and university students. We sold to a lot of women's centers, mm-hmm. and I found that a lot of those those customers were the women that were that that took that chance and were trying it. Mm-hmm. Um, we did a, quite a bit of advertising, but because we didn't have social media back then I either. Know. <laughs> that it was it was really challenging for us like we had to we went to trade shows we went to about 15 yeah. trade shows a year and we just stood in a booth and we talked to every single person we could possibly talk to until we couldn't even talk by the end of the show <laughs> and my mom would be in the aisle running down oh. the, running after people throwing brochures at them it was it was crazy oh. i was like have you heard of the diva cup and and they would be so nervous to even come over. Right. And then she'd be like, no, come, come, come. She just had like a way about her to, to, she to get people. Did. And then before you knew it, we'd have 20 people in a booth, like all trying to listen to, and then they want to know what is it? Because they were curious to know what it was, but mm-hmm. they were nervous to come over. So those, that just, early, wow. sorry, those early customers that really helped grow the business through word of mouth, because mm-hmm. it's one of those products that just created such a following that once people converted, they couldn't help but tell their friends about it. And that really is what propelled the business over the years.
0: I was love word that. Word of
1: mouth. Well, and it's
0: it's it is that word you can't you can't buy the referrals like the the referrals and the word of mouth are huge, and in the early I mean twenty years ago I was um, an owner in a studio and I know how much advertising costs then like it was I mean (laughs) it was very expensive and it's even more expensive when if you can't hit your market like you could put something in a newspaper but I mean that back then if your market isn't the one seeing it then it's it's wasted so it was really it was really tricky whereas now with social media you know you can really get specific in how you're targeting and being able to reach certain people so have you found that social media has really changed your company and how you can reach your target
1: oh absolutely it has changed over the last three years we went from a very heavy traditional advertising model mm-hmm. to um, almost entirely digital. Mm-hmm. Our majority, I wouldn't say entirely because we still need to support the stores and they like to see the traditional print. We actually have a um, a big billboard on the Gardner Expressway in Toronto right now. And really? we've done, we had a huge thing in Times Square, Jumbotron activation in the spring. Uh, that did incredible but it was um, the digital has changed everything and we we invest most of our marketing funds now in digital even the commercial that we Mm -hmm. have runs mostly on YouTube pre-rolls and and Hulu as well as TV but the TV is is I mean you don't know who's actually watching it no and now we can say, okay, we want this particular person and you can really target that advertising. And, you know, it definitely, we have seen a, we have definitely seen an impact on our business for that. I think the biggest challenge about that though, is, is there's so much noise and there, there, people are exposed. Like it used to be that if someone saw an ad three times that they would, consider looking at now it's like 12 or 15 the
0: number's huge now isn't it it's it's a big difference Mm
2: -hmm.
1: yeah so the whole world of marketing is really really changing and And for us it's all it's changing quickly and for us it's all about creating relationships with our customers Mm -hmm. and building a brand is more than just advertising like oh. that that world doesn't exist anymore it's yeah. it's creating that emotional connection and since we've launched our product there's now 300 other menstrual cups on the market around the world is there so, really i was going to ask yeah, you about so, the
0: competition or what was available
1: yeah it's just kind of exploded including a major player that just launched last year so um for us it's even more important now that how do we how do we separate ourselves and it's really about the values of who we are as a company Mm
2: -hmm. and
1: communicating that with our our customers by uh, what we believe in and and our actions and we're we've just um, got certified two years ago as a certified b corp and i was going to ask you about that can you can you explain to people what that is Yeah, B Corp is brands for benefit, Mm -hmm. and it's a global movement of companies getting certified to actually use their business as a force for good. Mm -hmm. And there's currently 4,000 companies around the world that are part of our B Corp certified, and it's becoming definitely more um, prevalent. But also, I think. B Corp and the actual certifications and the standards are going to change the world and it's going to change the way people do business and the way that consumers expect their companies of the products and services they utilize to do business.
0: I, I have just started, I would say in the last year, doing a little bit of reading to understand a little bit more what B Corp was. And I, where I have seen it is in the clothing industry and in the like clothing um, and in makeup and things like that, that they're saying, like, what is mm-hmm. a, so that's when I first started to look into it to understand a little bit more what it was. It sounds, I mean, it's, and if you're saying now you've got 4,000 businesses worldwide certified. That is a small number relative to businesses, isn't it? So this says something yeah. very unique and special about your company and about those companies to fit into that um, certification. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, we're. I it definitely has it. It ha, wasn't really a big stretch for us because the the core values of B Corp we already. Mm-hmm. Uh, live by here at diva mm-hmm. but it's kind of helped us even ask more questions and and question the the things that we do and and especially taking care of your your employees and and your people and that's a big part of b corp is is how you treat your your employees
0: well that's a good thing to have can I ask you how big your company is now Employee-wise,
1: we have about uh, forty-five employees at our head office here in Kitchener. Nice. And there's at least two to three hundred people involved in Diva on a daily basis through our partners, through our broker partners, our distribution partners, our um, warehouses, and assembly plant. It is in Cambridge. And yeah, there's it's it's quite a big operation to to sell a simple device I was going to say we think
0: how small the device is and really I know, you know it's just yeah. like
1: you know we literally have just the the different sizes and and a wash currently and it's just a, a mega production mm-hmm. that's amazing to keep that going where do you where do you see it going like if
0: you vision and where you would love to see the business going what kind of growth would you like to see it go through or do you anticipate or what do you see it in five years looking like
1: i think in five years the business will will definitely be doubled what it is now we're in a growth mode Mm -hmm. we're adding and developing new products um, we've really, we've just launched a new campaign called the inner revolution, which is, is really having a big impact and, and launched our philanthropic and social resp- corporate responsibility program, Diva Cares. And with all the programs and <laughs> everything that we're doing, I think it's, it's just feels like this is a, and now a new chapter mm-hmm. and we're just getting started all of the stuff that we did up until now to me that was just the business of getting it going yeah but now where we are now now we can actually have impact Mm -hmm. now we can really grow and and provide even more value to our customers Mm -hmm. and have an impact on the world. And that's what we want to do. That's what we want to have an impact. We're we're a strong voice in the menstrual equity movement and in in trying to eradicate period poverty. We're really advocating for awareness on this topic and we're developing meaningful partnerships with organizations around the world. Um, We have some really exciting projects coming up as well that we're doing all around education advocacy and and accessibility for the products and the fact that you know many people around the world do not have access to products for their menstruation
0: well i was going to ask that i wanted to ask um with thinking of different places around the world that I have to see that this is a um, very valuable product for certain areas where maybe cost is a real issue or maybe they have no menstrual care. So it just, is that something that you have found or is this all part of your foundation of what you're doing with Diva Cares and how, like explain that a little bit more.
1: Yeah. um, It is an issue absolutely in in Mm. developing countries um but surprisingly when we started digging deeper we were pretty surprised to find out how prevalent it is within our own community within Canada the U.S. but even like within Kitchener Waterloo I mean there's many people that can't afford to buy it's a matter of like do I buy groceries for my family Mm -hmm. or do I buy a box of tampons wow and um, so there's there's a lot of work to be done and again it's one of those issues that's really embarrassing for people to talk about or to ask for oh, help absolutely yeah so again just kind of having those conversations and working with organizations to to make product available um, but it's not just about product it's about again it's about education and educating about periods and trying to break down the stigmas and taboos around menstruation as it is a natural bodily function and it comes down to a basic human rights issue Mm -hmm. that you know if where there's if there's accessibility to toilet paper there should be accessibility to period products
0: that's a very good point. That's a very, very good point. Yeah. Accessibility with it. Would you be able to share a little bit when you said before about your inner revolution? What
1: what does that
0: what does that look like?
1: So the inner revolution campaign is really about empowering people to um, look within themselves and challenge what they're what they're using and just thinking out, thinking critically about the products that they're they're using for their body and you know just finding that empowerment within to do that and Mm -hmm. it's the campaign the campaign really kind of grew from our earlier our earlier campaigns but it all kind of wrapped into you know the inner revolution is now and you know now is the time to to challenge that period status quo and let's, let's like break down the stigmas about periods and let's mm. talk about our bodies and let's have these conversations. So it's kind of a, it's wrapped up a, a, a it's like a feeling. It's hard to actually yeah. explain. If you watch, if you go on our website, you can see the commercial or you can go on YouTube. I definitely will. And it's, it was just brilliantly done with our agency in Vancouver taxi. And they just were able to capture that that feeling of, of who we are, who we, what we stand for
2: mm-hmm. and
1: what the inner revolution is all about.
2: I love that.
0: I love the whole concept of what you're saying there and just challenging how people are thinking and what they're doing, what they're using, what they're using for products, what there is like, you just, I think that there's always a, a piece of education for any company that you're dealing with. And as you continue, as you say, like what your product is, it's, sometimes it's educating people about just to think differently, to just to understand how this is a great product that actually a lot of people could benefit from
1: absolutely and it's amazing how many people go through life with their blinders on and
0: um, they just not really you, <laughs> you see so
1: many people <laughs> <laughs> i know like they just don't want to know even within the, with a, in their health like we've been because of where we built our business we were exposed to the natural health products industry now for 20 years mm-hmm. and that also is another passion of mine and i've been you know pursuing my own health goals but again, so many people don't even want to know. And, and, you know, have a conversation with someone about aspartame, for example, and they're like, Oh, I don't care about that. And I'm like, just don't take my word for it. Just research it yourself and you'll see how toxic and how many, how many problems and it's actually making you fatter. (laughs) Oh, that's another whole story, right? It is. It's another whole story. Yeah. but it's that kind of idea where, where people are, are not open and, and we're just trying to encourage people to be open and, and questioning their period products and what they're exposing their body to.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: You're
0: challenging a bit of the status quo, which I love in the, and how people think, because for the longest time, I mean, I've, um, I, I grew up during the time of like low fat started and people would go in the whole low fat craze. And then all of a sudden they were eating like triple what they would normally eat because it was low fat. And I'm like, no, if you actually look at it, the sugar contents like triple. So I you know, yeah. so for, as I have clients that I work with that are diabetic and they were like, no, 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 I have low fat. I'm like, please don't do that. Like, please don't do that because that's where your aspartame is. That's where your others, you're better off to have like the real food, but it's easy to get caught up into the whole, what everyone else is saying and not think for ourselves. So I think you're challenging people to think a little bit more for themselves and to get behind a company who has a bigger mission involved, which I think is, is beautiful. Your diva cares. Can you tell us a little bit about
1: that? So Diva Cares is um, just launched this year and mm-hmm. we have a website divacares.org and Diva Cares is, is already kind of taking the partnerships and that we've developed um, and just formalizing the process, formalizing the types of the types of programs that we work with in organizations so they're all partnerships with different organizations focused on i mean we work with the ellie forney center in new york city for lgbtq nice. uh, homeless youth
2: mm-hmm. and
1: we provide we provide um, 300 cups a month to that organization and education materials and then we work with period the movement so period.org um, and supporting all their various chapters, in different different programs, uh, we have other programs, that we're just working on a program with um, the prison system, the uh, mm-hmm. largest Canadian female prison. Uh, there's there's just so many different aspects of where where need is is mm-hmm. where help is needed, and where they need. Um, support. So we're really excited about that. We have a great team heading that up, and you know, just keep keep an eye out for for news on our social channels and on on the Diva Cares website. We have constant updates of um, of news that's going on with that. And there's lots of things happening. It's kind of I think 2015 was named by the New York Times as the year of the period. And it was mentioned more times than any in the last hundred years in in the media and now it's just kind of exploded. So we have a documentary on the subject that we produced and it's coming out at the end of December. So that's really exciting as well.
0: Will that be shown on your social channels and on YouTube or where will that be available? We're
1: not sure exactly where it will be, where it will be distributed. We just signed our distribution deal and, but we are launching it at the Whistler Film Festival in December. And then from there, it's going to be going into distribution. We're not sure which network, but we have actually a lot of interest in the, in the documentary and the subject. And our team is working like crazy to, to, to get it all done. And it was a huge project. I had no idea when we started this idea and we just wanted to stand behind this and educate again, the whole education piece Mm -hmm. to tell people what the reality is and, and maybe make them think of something they'd never, that had never occurred to them before. In all aspects of menstruation, it's, it's kind of a, overview of the global, the global landscape of issues around menstruation. And it's not just one thing, it's Mm -hmm. many. So it's very interesting. It's come together beautifully. Do
0: you see it's, it's so interesting. And I, if I can put this into the words properly, is that you have a business, like an incredible business, but you're making such a social impact as well and a social imprint, like in people. And I love that. So it's not just about a product by any means. It's you're shifting in how people think and what impact and what we are using and what that can do to our planet and all of those things. So I love that there's a, if there's so many different pieces to your company and to your
1: business. I so, think that's important. And, and I do like, that's one thing I encourage all the other companies, even if you're a small company mm-hmm. is I, I think that's a key part to successful companies. when you really look at, which companies are thriving and, and successful and, and making those emotional connections with your customers. It's important to have a social aspect and to have a bigger purpose. And even for your employees, because millennials and the next generations, they don't want a a job. They don't want a job to just trade their time for money. They want to be part of something. Everyone is really yearning for that. And yeah, that's something that's just really important to me now, well, as it. always to my mom. So we are kind of carrying her legacy and building, building something, you know, bigger than us.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and I mean, it's like I said, I'll start with a vision and a vision your mom had for a long time. So I think it's just seeing the ripple of it is just must be an incredible thing to see.
1: It absolutely, it, mm-hmm. it gives me goosebumps.
0: I love it. I love it. So you, I want to ask you two questions. You as a company, what do you find is one of your, I say biggest hurdles, like moving forward from now, what do you think is one of your bigger challenges as a company right now or you're facing right now? um,
1: I think one of the biggest challenges is how to grow and finding that balance between staying focused on your core things that you excel in Mm -hmm. and trying getting too distracted with chasing too many different things.
2: Yeah.
1: And, you know, we made a conscious decision to stay focused on our, our core line. Mm -hmm. And I thought we would kind of diversify by now a lot more, but we weren't ready. Like we, we had to put every ounce of our energy into that one thing. And I think that's one of the biggest things that businesses and entrepreneurs make because they expect that they're gonna start something and you know in a month from now it's gonna be they're gonna have a hundred thousand followers on on Instagram and it's it's just gonna take off and it doesn't work like that. No, it doesn't you have to be persistent. So I think staying focused on what you're doing, but now we we have built the Diva Cup brand and we're continuing to build the Diva Cup brand. But now it's it's kind of okay. Which which um, areas do we want to expand into, and how do we want to spend our energy? Because we still only have a limited amount of time, and it's it's easy in in my mind. I have a wish list of a hundred different things, and it's just not going to happen. You have to be realistic too mm-hmm. about what you can accomplish. And they say that you know you can be. People underestimate what they can. I love that quote. That they can do in one year, but it was the opposite. They um, overestimate what they can do in one year, but they yes. underestimate what they can do in three years.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: that's a really important thing, I think, to remember. That you know, stay focused on the long term
2: mm-hmm. game
1: and and be realistic and be persistent. Yeah, I love that. Being
0: realistic and be persistent. I mean, it's... You, persistence is key is definitely key. And then being that realistic and focused on what can I do in a certain amount of time. I was just talking to somebody yesterday and I said, you know, sometimes you have to really accept the to-do list never goes away. Like it never goes away. And as your business is growing in multiple different branches and directions, you just need to stay realistic and focused on what can I, what's next, what's next, what's next. You want to have the vision of some longer term where you want to go, which I can't tackle like six months from now until I do what's required today. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned earlier on that one of the challenges you had personally was learning how to believe more in yourself. Do you want to elaborate a little
1: bit? Yeah, sure. Um, For, I think over the last few years, there's been so much growth and, and we've had to get used to the challenges of dealing with the growth Mm -hmm. But then all of a sudden I thought, well, who am I to run this company and how do I know how to do this? And, you know, maybe somebody else should be doing this, you know, kind of thing. But I learned through through surrounding myself with other people who have really excelled in business Mm -hmm. and just who really mentors that believed in me but also doing the personal work and releasing things from the past and those stories from the past that were really limiting me and holding me back
2: mm-hmm. from
1: achieving my potential. And it's not like it kind of happened overnight, but I feel that I've come a long way and I really found my passion and I want to see this through mm-hmm. and I I don't want to go anywhere. I, at one point, I I literally wanted to run away, especially when my kids were little, and I was so burnt out and so overwhelmed, and my health was a mess, and everything was just seemed difficult. And so, how I did just, you
0: pull yourself out of that time? Because I think that a lot of women are going to be able to relate to exactly what you said. Like you are, you are in the middle of a very busy company that's growing very quickly with a whole lot of levers at the same time, mm-hmm. you've got kids, you have your own family, your own like health to try and take care of and all those things. It's like, how do
1: you juggle it all? It definitely hasn't been easy at that time. I, my health actually forced me to take some time off. Yeah, I, I didn't have a choice. And so I focused on that and I have now learned my limits and I put in a lot of healthy practices. Awesome. And I work with a naturopath and I uh, have a yoga teacher uh, that actually comes to my house <laughs> multiple it. times a week because I can't fit it in. Mm-hmm. And I, or I, not that I can't, but I, was having a challenge to fit that in and that was something that I found really helped me and changed my life.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So I'm I'm putting in those practices and and surrounding myself with support and in order to operate at this level and to operate and to be able to have the mental and physical energy to to operate a business at this level and to even grow a business at any level don't fool yourself that you can do it all yourself. Mm -mm. It's unrealistic. If you don't have uh, a family that can help you, then you need to get like help for the house, help for the, and and get organized and streamline things. I love, thank you so much for being real and sharing that because I think that there's this, for some reason, I don't know why, but we
0: have this, this belief that, you know, she's successful. She's just doing it all. And it's like, and I love how you said streamline there. It's like, what can you offload? What can you do to set yourself up for more success? What can you do to fit? So you've looked for where are the loopholes, where are things falling? Now, how can I fix that so that I can take care of myself better, make myself a priority so that I can do all these other pieces here? I mean, if it doesn't start with us first, it, it, to me, it's like, this is the missing piece is us. If we don't take care of this part first, then it doesn't matter how fast the business is growing or what's doing because you won't be able to maintain it.
1: Absolutely. And Mm -hmm. I think one of the things I've learned is I'm kind of one of those people that I feel like if I'm not doing perfect, doing it perfectly, then I'm failing. Mm -hmm. And it, it's, it's kind of a, a flow because things change in life and, and the seasons change and your kids' activity schedule changes and like different pressures. And, you know, it's trade show season. Now it's tax season. Now it's this, now it's that. So you have to constantly adapt. And sometimes you fall, fall astray. And I kind of was trapped in that, well, oh, now I'm just failing again. And, and, and I have to constantly remind myself, okay, it's not, it's just a little bit of a setback and get my mindset and reset how I'm thinking about it and then try again.
0: So it's not been, what what a great shift you made from somebody who said you just struggle with it being like perfectionist. And that's the way of thinking for a long time. But instead of allowing yourself to think, okay, what is working? What is not? What can I shift? How can I do this better? How can I, how can I be open to this here? How can I ask for help? Who can I ask for help? And looking for those answers outside of yourself to being able to be like it all of that adds up to doing what you're doing on a daily basis. And I think that's that you said it perfectly. We we can't do this alone. It's not a one-man show, like it's one woman show. It's not. It's not. It's reaching out and asking that. So as you start to fill your cup more and take care of you more, do you find it easier to believe in yourself more to fight through those hurdles that you have? Right? A lot that just the basic challenges yeah. that you might have on a daily basis.
1: Absolutely. And um, I, I had a lot of guilt about that initially about taking time for myself. Yeah. It just didn't feel right to me. Can I ask why it didn't feel right? It just—I don't know. Maybe it's just the way society programs mm-hmm. us to feel like we have to do everything and we have to take every, care of everybody, and we're kind of last on the yeah. on the list. And I—I I just realized that I I can't operate in that in that mindset. And so I absolutely now with, have released that, but I also awesome. um, just really appreciate and I have so much gratitude for that time and and I you know I read every day I make time to read every day and to read Mm -hmm. health books and spiritual books and personal growth books and leadership books and sometimes it's only two pages but at least at least I've got at least I'm making I'm I'm taking that time for myself Mm -hmm. and making sure that that's that's possible in my life And you have to make, you have to make some changes. Like sometimes I have to set my alarm to five o'clock in the morning Mm -hmm. to be able to do that. Yes. But I prioritize that because that's important. And that's what helps me get through the day and fills my cup to give so much.
0: That's I think that's wonderful. And I really thank you for being real and sharing that because I think it's good for people to see that it's a process that you've had to learn what works for you and what you need to do. But if we don't fill our cup first and we don't ground ourselves and we don't find a way to anchor down, especially as times are busier, then, I mean, we can't handle all the other things that are flying at us all day long. So it starts with us.
1: Yeah. And it's not a perfect process. I mean, no. just Monday morning, we had a horrible morning in my house and I almost like threw the something across the kitchen because (laughs) I lost it. I just, you know, it was just one of those days. And I just chalked it up. Okay. Today wasn't the best morning
0: let's move on. <laughs> let's move on. You know what? And I think I love, I, I love that you said that. And I there are times where I say, what do I call it? And I'm like, yeah, that wasn't a proud time. I'm like, that wasn't a proud <laughs> me. I wasn't super proud of how I handled that. But most of the time I can be completely honest and say that when I don't handle things well, whether it's business, personal, whatever's going on, it's usually because my self-care game is off. And when my self-care game is off, everything can go off. So it has to find its way and it's an ebb and flow. It's not perfect by any means, but the more consistent I am with a self-care game, the better I am with everything else. I I absolutely agree.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of your story. And I want to ask you just a couple quick questions, but where can people find you and hear about you more and connect? And I'll make sure all of your information is put in the show notes. But where's the okay. best
1: places to connect? So the best place is to find me on Instagram, mm-hmm. um, kareen.chambers.saini, S-A-I-N-I.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And you can follow the Diva Cup at the Diva Cup. You can find me if you're in business, you want to connect uh, on LinkedIn too. I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. And uh, yeah, I'd love to, I'm I'm actually launching a book next year. We I wrote a book on the story and our journey. Love so I'm, I'm really excited to share that. And a lot of the stuff that we talked about today is, is mm-hmm. in the book, but really how we did it and how this, this idea over the last 20 years grew to where it has now. And so keep an eye out for that, the documentary and, and just new products and, and, um, ways that you can also contribute in your community to, to eradicate period poverty and, and join the menstrual equity fight.
0: I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. I would like to ask you one question. Last, um, last question. What lesson in life are you most grateful for? That's a big one. It's a big gosh. one. I, that's why I save it till the end. <laughs>
1: I, I honestly am so grateful for my failures. And it's just made me who I am, and it's given me so much grit and strength. And I actually grew up a very insecure child. I was very overweight as a young child and was bullied and and that definitely stu- uh, stood with me and I wasn't very confident. Mm -hmm. And even when we started the business, I wasn't very confident. I wasn't very assertive and the failures and really knowing what I wanted and going after that, no matter what, what came up against me Mm -hmm. that I'm so grateful for. And I, I'm trying to teach that to my children, my son and daughter now
0: it's i think you've just packed so much lessons right in there and i love how as a person you said you struggle with trying to be perfectionist for a long time and yet one of your biggest gratitudes is the failures that you've had in life because they teach us the most right they teach us the most there's an, and we can't have failure if we don't ever get into action we just it that's the one way to keep yourself safe, but it's also very small and nothing yeah. changes, right? So failures can teach us so much and we learn what we're made of and what we're capable of doing. And we usually tend to surprise ourselves.
1: I think so. I think that's one of the most surprising things was I was so shocked at what I was actually able to accomplish mm-hmm. because like I told you, I thought I wanted to throw in the towel many times over the years, but um when I realized, okay, celebrate these these small things, these okay. small accomplishments and celebrate Absolutely. the heck out of it and go on to the next thing. And you have no idea how, what you can actually accomplish.
0: Oh, we we are so small-minded for the most part about what we can accomplish and we tend to be so hard on ourselves. So I love that you said that. And I think that there's so much that we can learn from our own mistakes and our own journey and taking that forward. And it's just a, so much of it's an internal job, but it really faces itself out when in the rest of our lives when we do that internal work first.
1: Absolutely. and And I encourage everyone to... Uh, to take the time to do that personal work. It's mm-hmm. its not a pretty thing It was, you know, when you actually go through it and really do the work, yeah. it's kind of ugly sometimes. And, you know, there's a lot of emotion around it, but it was the best thing I've ever done. thats I thank you for
0: sharing that because I, I couldn't agree with you more. I really couldn't agree. And I think if you, the longer you put off doing that work, the more you just kind of keep bearing it and bearing it. And doesn't mean it goes away. It just kind of grows under the surface and it comes into every area of your life. So we, I believe we are the biggest limiting factor for anything that we are shooting to achieve or do. So if we really have goals that we want to go after, it starts with work with us first. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story and for everything that you've laid out today and for being so real and so people can see what kind of things that you've gone through in building your company and what that's like. So I cannot wait to watch and see as this grows. And I certainly will pay more attention and listen and looking forward to that documentary and your book and all those things. So I can't thank you enough for sharing your story today.
1: Thank you so much, Marcia. I really enjoyed it. You are very welcome. Thank you so much. Thank you so
0: much for taking the time to join us today. Until next time, remember, When you own your choices, you truly own your life.